you found Michigan's retirement coach, Mike Douglas. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike talking about the things you can be working on now in effort to better prepare for your financial future, focusing on your retirement years. Some consider it the second phase of our financial life. And Mike and his team are here to help you put a plan in place so that you have a healthy and happy second phase. Lifeplanwealth.com is where you can go to begin your own conversation with Mike and his team. Again, that's lifeplanwealth.com. Now, I'm not, I love McDonald's. I honest to God, I can't remember the last time I've eaten there though. Right. I know, I will say a couple weeks ago, my husband wanted a milkshake and we went and I got him a chocolate milkshake. But I mean, I cannot remember the last time I was like, gotta have it. Except for the man, those fries. You don't have to justify it to me, Heather. That's okay. Those French fries though. (laughs) So good. So good. Oh, I mean, you've got four kids. I know you guys got to hit up the Golden Arches a few times a month. So you would think. But several years ago, well, I should say this, when we first had our first home and we had young kids and no money as we launched our company. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that was definitely, that was the easiest quick. And it was down the street. There's one two miles from our house. It was the only restaurant near us because we we're in the country. Got it. And so that was the go-to. Got it. Now there's been basically, I'm not going to say a full on ban put in place by my wife. Oh, really? But, uh, she was like, we're eating too much fast food. But nobody crosses that line in the sand. I can tell you that. Silence <laughs> uh, for everybody. And so <laughs> your you know, kids are like at lunch and they're opening a lunchbox. Like, let us again. Come well, on. Well, no, it's those little bougie kids. They're like McDonald's. Why aren't we going to Chick Fil A? I'm like, I, do, I get it, guys. Right, like, right. they're like, can we go to Starbucks? I'm like, no. You, <laughs> Starbucks. A bunch of bougie little. No, no, it's good. But we just we haven't eaten McDonald's a long time. Although I did find out recently that whenever my kids are with their grandparents, they talk them into taking them there. So Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the joys of being a grandparent. Parent is. is you just like, hey, what rules are set in your home? Oh, sounds good. Let's break well, them all. We're going to break all of those. All right. And then here's a little sugar. Now head home and try to go to bed. <laughs> Did we give them caffeine? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine there's caffeine and pop, you know. Uh, but- <laughs> Listen. For, our, for our Southern folks, Coke, Coke cola, right. cola Coke. drink. There are, there are different genres of how it's referred to soda. I call it soda. Yeah. Because I grew up in the South, but my parents are from the Northeast. I'm a good Midwesterner, so I call it pop. pop. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's think about McDonald's and grandparents, because Mm -hmm. you may have seen this story on the Today Show. Nashville grandfather is celebrating after eating only McDonald's for 100 days. 57-year-old Kevin McGinnis was telling the Today Show that his weight went down within 100 days, went down nearly 60 pounds. Nothing but McDonald's three times a day. Just cut every meal in half and seek the heat before you eat, meaning don't eat any snacks between so you can actually feel when your body's actually hungry. But here's the thing that I think skeptics are going to say. You know what? He dropped weight, but I bet his blood work is horrible. His cholesterol numbers and all the things. So what did it show? 205 points down on my triglycerides. Wow. 65 points down on my cholesterol. I was pre-diabetic before, down into healthy range. Changes now. I mean, who knew? Here's the thing. I all I heard, all I heard was cutting each meal in half. And I'm like, first of all, that, that right there is the genius of this man because the willpower one must have to take half of your McDonald's French fries and throw them away. I yeah. do not. I do not understand you. You it's must be like, some sort of demigod. Remember the uh, the subway guy Jared when he yeah. was like, "Oh, I lost all this weight, but it was eating a six inch sub." And I'm like, who eats a six inch sub as a grown man? Like I there's after a foot long, I'm like, I think I'm full, but I'm not, you know, I'm not all the way full. 
But it's uh, no, and he doesn't mention what he ate. He doesn't, and so you know? I do. Right, it's like we need more recon on this story because I feel like there's more to it. But there was the office episode where. Uh, they're cleaning out Michael Scott's car, and he's like, how many fish fillets do you eat? And so he's got like tons of fish fillets. Like, is he eating single fish fillets, cutting them in half? Or are these Maybe. double quarter? I'm sure it's not double quarter pounders of cheese or anything significant. I'm guessing he's eating relatively, like a chicken sandwich cut in half type thing. Right. We'll have to, I have to do more information. I have to, I think that there has got to be some cheeseburgers in there. Otherwise, this whole thing is just a complete ruse. Right. Um, it is an example, though, of how portion control can play a big role in losing weight in our overall health. I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things they say about Americans. It's like the uh, the size of the meals that we serve. Like when you go to restaurants here, it's like what your dinner plate is in other countries is a serving plate. Yeah. The portion control that we, the lack of portion control, I should say, that we have is out of control. Thinking about the idea of being able to control ourselves and living within our means financially from because you you kind of play we were talking about before in a previous podcast about your role being a financial advisor and also a therapist and you do have to add some of that therapy into it the idea of knowing what it is to be within our means but also wanting to achieve our goals in our retirement years how do you figure out that sweet spot to make our money last but also to be able to go have fun well there's a lot of things that we can do and you're so right about the serving sizes and things there's nothing when you go to a a nice like a nice restaurant Mm -hmm. And they bring out your food and it's the most expensive food you've eaten in a long time. Mm-hmm. And there's less food than you've eaten in a mm-hmm. long time. Mm-hmm. And you go, what in the world? We're like, but this is a really prime cut of meat. And you mm-hmm. say, I know, where's the rest right, of it? Give me it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, why are there three pieces of shrimp on my plate when I ordered a full plate? When I ordered an um, entire plate of shrimp. Yeah. $35 means I get all the shrimp. Um, <laughs> but it is though. That's the way we view so many things in life. Mm-hmm. And, when you build out a successful retirement plan, it really starts with the concept of uh, long-term vision with shorter-term goals. And so the things we do in the short-term affect our long-term health and longevity, mm-hmm. but yet it doesn't mean we want to skip on the short-term. Okay. Because we don't want to get to 85 and 90, age 85, age 90, and say, man, I should have done some more stuff when I was younger. And I was going to say, this is having that notion, long-term vision with short-term goals is probably so much more important to have that mindset in your retirement years versus when you're younger in your working years, would you not say? Well, because vision is something you work towards. And it's a, when you say, I have a vision of the future, right? It's a very, well, obviously visual thing, but the idea is it's out there and we're Mm -hmm. going towards it. Mm -hmm. But if we say long-term goals with short-term vision, well, there's no connection there because my long-term goals, I want to be financially healthy. Well, short-term, what are you doing? I'm just doing that. No, no. We have a vision of where we're going. We have an idea of the future. And then we want to make sure that all the things we need to accomplish along the way, we get taken care of. So if you know that you've got a certain vision of what life's going to look like, Uh and then you say, by the way, I also want to go on this cruise next year. We want to remodel our kitchen. We want to sell our home and downsize. We want to move. We want to buy a second place. Whatever the things are, those are actually short-term goals in the scope of your 30-year retirement. But it feels like the biggest decision we'll ever make. I want to sell our home. Why is it a big decision? Well, because I brought all four of our kids home here from the hospital. Mm -hmm. And this has been the home that we raised our family, made a family, and grew our family. And now all that family's gone. And to leave here feels like we're leaving a part of our life behind. It's a big decision. Mm -hmm. However, when we look at the long-term vision of life, what do you want it to look like? Well, I don't want to be in Michigan during the winter. I know that. I want to be somewhere in the south. 
Okay. And then when you come back for the summer, where do you be? Well, I don't want to be in Lansing. I want to be on the water. We're going to go to Lake Michigan or up north. Okay. Well, then you sell your place here and you take the proceeds and you buy your two homes or whatever it is you do. So we have this long-term vision and we make short-term goals to get us there. So it's kind of the thing that every journey begins with a single step. And so when you have that idea of we're going to be this type of a family, we're going to be this type of retirees, we let that happen. And then you take these small bites going back to our story. You take these small portion controlled decisions and make them work. I mean, that's how compound effect works. Darren Hardy has a great book called The Compound Effect. But in that, they say uh, successful people do daily what other people do occasionally. And so if you make consistent small decisions that steer you in the right direction, then what happens is it's a natural result of your decisions is the success that you desired. It's not an accident. Success leaves clues. So if you make small intentional decisions like cutting your meal in half, only eating half, What's amazing, though, that's part of it. But what he really said in between there was you don't eat in between meals. Mm -hmm. Right. So cutting the meal in half, that in itself is a small victory. Right. But doing that at noon is very doable. What's hard is 330. Yeah. 330 is hard. And because you're like, oh, man, I'm starting to get hungry. My meal's coming soon. But wait a minute. When I eat that meal, I'm only getting half a sandwich <laughs> then, too. This thing's a rip. Uh -huh. And then, But then 5 o'clock's pretty easy because maybe you just buy a slightly bigger sandwich and eat half of it. Uh -huh. But then 9.30 stinks because you're trying to go to bed stink. and you're hungry. Yeah, you're hungry. And the last thing you should do is eat the other half of a McDonald's sandwich at 9.30 at night before you go to bed. Yep. So there are these moments. But if you can just make it through the night. Your body shuts down at night. It goes into recovery mode. You go into no longer eating and fueling mode, but into recovery. It's a completely different synapsis your body goes through. And then you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, I feel not that. And again, I'm not quoting directly that eating a McDonald's meal plan makes you feel light and fit when you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. But not eating from 5 until 9.30 and then you go to bed at 9.30 or 10, get a good eight hours of sleep and you wake up at 6.30 or 7 in the morning and now I'm feeling pretty good. And I'm not dying of hunger because I'm coming out of a shutdown mode uh -huh. and I can slow. And I, I research this stuff a ton. I research health and, uh, and eating and things a ton. But in that, you're not feeling that way. So you get up and you actually feel pretty energized. And then by the time you get to breakfast, you go, OK, I'll eat only a half. It's good. But the victories are one at 3.30, at 9.30, at 7 a.m. if you don't eat right when you wake up. Those are the victories. And you do that consistently. And all of a sudden, the calorie restriction wasn't from your meals. It was from in between. And in a financial sense, the goal is I have this long-term vision and I set these short-term goals. Mm -hmm. If I don't deviate from the goals and the plan, because remember the vision, the long-term vision has dictated the short-term goals. Right. Right. If I know where I'm going, the steps are naturally ordered. And what, as long as I stay on the steps, I'm fine. When I deviate from the steps, it's when a problem. And you say, all right, great. We built a plan. And every year I'm allowed $15,000 a year for travel. And then all of a sudden your neighbor gets a new lawnmower, a zero turn. I'd like a new zero turn. I'd like a new truck. I'd like a new whatever it is, you know. And then you say, oh, gosh, I should probably get one, too. And then you go back to your plan. Well, was the long-term vision to start a lawn company or was the long-term vision to travel and see the world? The long-term vision was to travel and see the world. All right, well, then who cares? We'll pay someone else to mow the lawn mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to be out seeing the world. Mm -hmm. It just shapes the decisions you make on a day-to-day -day basis. When we sit down with people all the time, it has very little to do with their their dollars and cents finances. It has a lot more to do with the life they want to live. And those are the best ones when you sit down with someone and as you go through and you hear their story, their successes and their failures, and they say, all we want to do is accomplish ABC. 
Okay, great. Let's build a plan to make that. And then you sit down year after year in review. I can think of one client specifically. He came in and he was just so passionate about being ultra conservative. He hated the fact that we illustrated at four and a half or five percent returns. He says, only show me three percent returns. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're very conservative. And as we walk through two years into the plan, this is back in, gosh, 2013, 2012, Mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. And so as we're going through with him, I mean, those were good years in the market. 2013 was a really good year in the market. And so we illustrated a three percent return because that's what he wanted. And then we sit down two years later and we say, hey, you're $50,000 ahead of schedule. What are we going to do with this? I know the financial advisor answer is leave it in there for compounding interest, right, but that's right. not the life answer. The life answer is what can we spend this thing on and still stay on course? So it's not just that we're saying no to things. Sometimes we're encouraging people to say yes to things. And so we sit down with Tony and say, hey, listen, we got to spend some of this money, man. We planned out so conservative. Our long-term vision was so conservative that now a couple good years gave us a lot of extra money. Mm-hmm. We should adjust our plan. And so then we went through and said, take some money out. So he spent, he took out $30,000, withheld taxes, took his family down to Disney and had this incredible vacation that his kids could never do. He said they did everything except for have Mickey feed him breakfast. I mean, every princess ride, everything you could possibly do. And he did it. And his kids and grandkids went on a trip they could never afford. They could never have done on their own. Mm -hmm. And it was out of the excess because we built a successful plan early on. And when we build that roadmap, that plan, that vision, It all starts with answering a few questions and having conversations. If you go to some financial tech robot, it's going to say, how old are you? How much money do you have? How much money do you want in retirement? Mm -hmm. Do this. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Mm -hmm. When you sit down with someone, we constantly, when people come in the office or if they go to our website, I always encourage people, lifeplanwealth.com is our website. Mm -hmm. If you go on there, there's a button that says, start your retirement roadmap today. It's right in the middle of the page. And the reason we have it right there is because When you go through, we just need to have a conversation. You put in your name, email, phone number, whatever, and then we sit down, have coffee, and say, what is your long-term vision? Mm -hmm. From there, we go through and help you map out the steps you need. The steps, remember, the steps reveal themselves when you know the long-term vision. So we go through and we have that conversation, but it always starts with clicking on the website, filling in the form, just so we can have that conversation, sit down, have coffee. And from there, we say, if this is who you are and who you want to be, here's how we make sure you get there long-term visions are created and lived, they come to fruition with those short-term goals. And again, I have to imagine also thinking about the psychology of it all, the overwhelming feeling so many of us have when it comes to figuring out how to take all of our money and make it last for decades. It can be very intimidating. So again, the idea of the short-term goals, biting it, taking it one bite at a time can help with that anxiety as well, would you not say? Absolutely. I mean, the things we get most frustrated about are the things we don't understand. Right. You know, why do I hate when my car breaks down? Because I can't fix it. That's why I hate it. Right. If I knew how to pop the hood and quick fix it and I felt very engaged and inclined that way, then it would be actually be a moment to shine. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, check this out, Kimberly. And I'd go (laughs) fix it and knock it and be like, that's right. Who's the man? Right. But I don't. Instead, it's quite the opposite. I say, hey, I need to go find a really strong, solid mechanic. Who's the man who can figure it all out for me or the woman or whatever, you know, like someone who knows what they're doing. Not this lunk who doesn't know anything about cars. You know, I'm like, if it's got gas, that's the length of my knowledge. Well, at least, you know, something about money that uh, that too. We can we can tip our hats to you for that information. So stay in my lane. lane. We all have a role here. We're all. 
all going to play it out. Yes. And uh, again, helping you to figure out this long-term vision, helping you to figure out how to meet it through the short-term goals, beat the anxiety, instead feel confidence knowing that you have a plan in place is the goal of Mike and his team. So they help folks figure out every day. They can help you as well. Again, our website lifeplanwealth.com is where you can go to begin that conversation. Just click on the button. Start your retirement roadmap today. Mike and his team will be back in touch with you to get to work on that roadmap. Again, it's lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NP. PN number 9650939.